0: CHAPTER 78. SEGMENT 3. He could not help his heart beating at each double knock of the postman, in case there might be a letter from Mildred sent on by his landlady in London. But he knew there would be none. Now that he could think it out more calmly, he understood that in trying to force Mildred to love him, he had been attempting the impossible— He did not know what it was that passed from a man to a woman, from a woman to a man, and made one of them a slave. It was convenient to call it the sexual instinct, but if it was no more than that, he did not understand why it should occasion so vehement an attraction to one person rather than another. It was irresistible. The mind could not battle with it. Friendship, gratitude, interest had no power beside it. Because he had not attracted Mildred sexually, nothing that he did had any effect upon her. The idea revolted him, it made human nature beastly, and he felt suddenly that the hearts of men were full of dark places. Because Mildred was indifferent to him, he had thought her sexless, her anemic appearance and thin lips, the body with its narrow hips and flat chest, the languor of her manner carried out his supposition. "'and yet she was capable of sudden passions "'which made her willing to risk everything to gratify them. "'He had never understood her adventure with Emil Miller. "'It had seemed so unlike her, "'and she had never been able to explain it. "'But now that he had seen her with Griffiths, "'he knew that just the same thing had happened then. "'She had been carried off her feet by an ungovernable desire. "'He tried to think out what those two men had "'which so strangely attracted her.' They both had a vulgar facetiousness which tickled her simple sense of humor and a certain coarseness of nature. But what took her, perhaps, was the blatant sexuality which was their most marked characteristic. She had a genteel refinement which shuddered at the facts of life. She looked upon the bodily functions as indecent and had all sorts of euphemisms for common objects. She always chose an elaborate word as becoming, then, a simple one. The brutality of these men was like a whip on her thin, white shoulders, and she shuddered with voluptuous pain. One thing Philip made up his mind about, he would not go back to the lodgings in which he had suffered. He wrote to his landlady and gave her notice. He wanted to have his own things about him. He determined to take unfurnished rooms. It would be pleasant and cheaper, and this was an urgent consideration, for during the last year and a half he had spent nearly seven hundred pounds. He must make up for it now, by the most rigid economy. Now and then he thought of the future with panic. He had been a fool to spend so much money on Mildred, but he knew that if it were to come again, he would act in the same way." It amused him sometimes to consider that his friends, because he had a face which did not express his feelings very vividly, and a rather slow way of moving, looked upon him as strong-minded, deliberate, and cool. They thought him reasonable, and praised his common sense. But he knew that this placid expression was no more than a mask, assumed unconsciously, which acted like the protective colouring of butterflies, and himself was astonished at the weakness of his will." It seemed to him that he was swayed by every light emotion as though he were a leaf in the wind, and when passion seized him he was powerless. He had no self control. He merely seemed to possess it because he was indifferent to many of the things which moved other people. End of segment three. Chapter 78, Segment 4. He considered with some irony the philosophy which he had developed for himself, for it had not been of much use to him in the conjuncture he had passed through, and he wondered whether thought really helped a man in any of the critical affairs of life. It seemed to him rather that he was swayed by some power alien to and yet within himself, which urged him, like the great wind of hell which drove Paolo and Francesca ceaselessly on, He thought of what he was going to do, and when the time came to act, he was powerless in the grasp of instincts, emotions, he knew not what. He acted as though he were a machine, driven by two forces of his environment and his personality. His reason was someone looking on, observing the facts but powerless to interfere. It was like those gods of Epicurus, who saw the doings of men from their Empyrean heights, and had no might to alter one smallest particle of what occurred. End of segment four.